Matt Lotner coming to you live on a Sunday night, July 10th, 2022. I'm joined by Isaiah Bridwell from Covington, Indiana. The co-hosting the show tonight is Jonathan Barrett from Ohio. And I guess we're going to talk about a variety of topics. We'll start what can easily be described as one of the greatest show females and donor cows of all time. That's Kelly, K-E-L-L-I, not K-E-L-L-Y, I've been told. Isaiah, can you give us the story about your show heifer that you owned in the first person? Legendary, one of the best of all time, Kelly donor, Kelly show heifer. Right on. We grew up showing steers for Todd Caldwell and Brandon Jones. As we showed steers and as time went on, we... Uh, I decided or asked my dad if he thought we could ever get into showing some heifers. We did that, and uh, we were sitting at the state fair. It would have been uh, Indiana State Fair 2008, flipping through the show circuit, and that's when the show circuit, you know, it was 500 pages, and it was a big deal. There was a picture of a Huda Man heifer on uh, John Sullivan's head. We didn't know anything about Huda Man. Didn't really know anything, to be quite honest, and... Just jokingly, I showed the picture of my dad, and I was like, I want this heifer. And he was like, all right, well, whatever. You know, kind of water in the bridge type of thing. And that year, 2008, we showed a heifer, a Hollywood heifer from Pat Cover to Adam Pryor. Actually, the Adam Hatton Race. That was Hollywood's first year Adam Hatton Racer, though. Um, Craig Stolman in Nebraska did. And Pat and Adam sold her to my dad. And we showed her and had a little bit of success with her. That next year came came about. Hey, real quick, I don't know who told me this story. It's a funny one, and it's about Hollywood. God, I wish I could remember who told me this story, but it's funny. Uh, they said in the year 2008, Hollywood sired more Heat Wave Grand Champion steers than Heat Wave sired Grand Champion steers. That that, that I couldn't tell you. That I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know if it's true or not, but. Somebody, must have been somebody hooked in with Hollywood, thought he was a damn good steer star. Jonah, what do you think of my joke? I believe it. <laughs> so, yeah, we go back and we're at the state fair, and I tell my dad that I think we, I need this heifer. In 2008, who the hell knew anything about Huda Man? Just a long-necked, curly-haired bull. I mean, that would have been my impression of him, but that old bull stood the test, test of time 14 years later. You get a little shot of Huda Man in there, and you're guaranteed a long and sexy front end. Adam Pryor calls my dad up and out of the blue one day, and he tells my dad, he said, hey, he said, I, I'm not sure, um, I'm not sure what your plan is, but I've got your, I found your show heifer for this year, if you want her. All right, fill me in. He said, she's right down the road at John Sullivan's house. Dad says, all right, so my dad and my mom get my mom's Volkswagen Beetle at the time, and they drive to Dunlap, Woodbine, Iowa area. And they look and said, hey, to my knowledge, there were two Huda Mans that year. Um, the one that was pictured in the ad and the one that wasn't pictured in the ad. Which one was Kelly? She was the one that wasn't pictured. Ah, cool. And the one, the one that was pictured, they decided they wanted to pull from the sale and they wanted to switch them out because that's the one they wanted to show. Like I said, it didn't matter to us. We didn't know. My mom and my dad drive to Iowa. They meet, meet up with Pat in the prior and they go look at what is then to become Kelly. My dad mom decided that they were going to buy her prior, did the, did the bidding for us. And, and to my knowledge, um, the contending bidder was Greg Kropa via Nick Ryman and Barry Nawaz. We got her home, got her bought, got her home. And uh, 
again, we, we still didn't know what we had. I don't know that we ever knew what we had. To start at the beginning, as Kevin Mears would say up at the control room, the first jackpot show that you would have showed her at would have been what? The Hoosier Beef Congress. So she comes out of the gate, fire breathing from her nose. She does what at Hoosier Beef Congress? One of the toughest jackpot shows in the world. She was reserve supreme behind one of goats. Like, did she win champion key or champion commercial or reserve? or what? what? I honestly don't remember. I don't remember if it won the commercials. At the state fair, we showed her as a as a key, and in Louisville, we showed her as a key. Honestly, when we jackpotted her, I don't remember what we showed her as. You know, back in 2008, 2009, there weren't near as many shows as there are now, so we didn't we didn't go to as many. I mean, we just went to yeah. select a few, and that was what we did. To my knowledge, Pat Cobra's tied into this story somehow. Uh, did he help you at the show yeah. too, or? Yep, mm-hmm. yep, Pat. Pat. Uh, Pat was helping us then. Um, he helped us for a handful of years, and then uh, it was great. I mean, we had a blast. Uh, like I said, grew up showing serious for Todd and Brandon. So when Pat came along, it was totally different. He was he was a lot younger. He was he spent a lot of time with us. He spent a lot of time at our house. Uh, he spent a lot of time on the road with us. And uh, for lack of better terms, he was like a big brother to us, to me and my brother. My parents couldn't always go with us. They couldn't always go to the shows. They were. Uh, working. My dad had a welding business. My mom was in the restaurant business, and uh, so they couldn't always go. So Pat was our man. He went with us uh, just about everywhere. I don't know Pat Cober all that well today. I really didn't know him all that well back then, but he would have been a few years previous to this hooked in with Troy Paliak, and he was around my operation, or, you know, me and Troy's deal up in Zenda, and I think he would have been real, real early 20s or late teens at that point. Yeah, Pat's gone on and done some Big time things up there in Northeast Indiana, and uh, married married to Sarah, Sarah Faber Cobra now. Anyhow, that's that's cool. That uh, I didn't know that Pat was before today. I didn't know that Pat was tied into the Kelly's email. So that's awesome that he ran around and helped you. And you're young and hustling, whether it's you or Pat. Uh, you're looking to blaze your own name. You're ready to go to a show anytime, anywhere, and that's just kind of a a cool story about any of us that would have come up through the system, you know. I guess after the Hoosier Beef Congress, uh, she would have done what leading up to Indiana State Fair? She would have won the Nebraska AGR show. We took her to Nebraska there a couple weeks after Beef Congress, and she won the Nebraska AGR show. Uh, we were taking her to Scarlet Gray in Ohio, and she made the top five in both rings. We took her to the Pro-AGR show. She was Reserve Grand, Reserve Grand at Kentucky Beef Expo. Then we shut her down. And cool. we're so for that time period compared to today, I mean, it's tough to win today with a clubby bred heifer, but back then, you know, there were some monopolies and some heat waves winning breeding heifer shows. Would you say she was, I mean, I would assume that she was a more clubby looking female, but for the times against like show heifers, was she more of a clubby looking one or more of a maternal looking one out in the ring? She was a little bit of both. I mean, she she had muscle and she had power and she had bone. Um, Her hair was always just okay. All together, I would say she kind of rode the line um, because she had some maternal attributes, but she also had some, you know, more more club calf attributes, which I think you see today as she passes on to her daughters and sons and everything that she's produced. You went on and you were supreme at the Indiana State Fair. Did you beat the one that you beat at Hoosier Beef Congress? No, 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 no. She couldn't go to she couldn't go to our state fair because she was actually the Chamberlain, um, like Clark Chamberlain, Brian. Oh, I gotcha. Girls were showing. And so she didn't go to our state fair. Um, but, yeah, we, we won the state fair that year. Uh, I'll never forget, there was a, a guy judging our state fair by the name of Tom Ayers from uh, out west. 
I had no idea who he was. Didn't know him from Adam. He fell in love with Kelly. And I guess that just goes a little bit to how you know, she wasn't really a club cat, so to speak. I mean, an Angus breeder from, I think it's Montana. I believe he lives in Montana. Uses her to win our state fair. I think that goes to show she had a lot of maternal maternal value to her. Dad, Ray, can you give me a, uh, your thoughts about it mid-season or at this point in the year? And then Jonathan, did you see this female at any of these shows? And how big of a fan were you? Go ahead. Yeah, this is right. And um, when we put her away, like Isaiah said, after the to get her ready for the state fair, it was about, oh, I'd say three or four weeks before state fair there. And Cooper came over and walked in our cooler. He honestly thought we'd traded her out for something else because, like, in that month's time there in the cooler, she just she exploded. Her her rib shape really filled out. Her her belly dropped. Her rear quarter filled out. I mean, she she totally changed the game. And like Isaiah said, she never was the hairiest thing. Maybe maybe get it to pop up a little bit, but she was by far not shaggy. That tends to also lead to the maternal side. Jonathan, what about you? I think the only time I saw saw Kelly in person was it had been at Louisville. She was definitely our favorite that year. Moving on to, uh, I mean, and I, I do want to say, I apologize for the kids yelling in the background a little bit, fellas. I'm watching my kids splash around in the pool. But uh, whenever these seasons like this are going down, I'm just speaking from just a handful of personal experiences like you know you're you're excited about the success whether it be a jackpot or a state fair win in a steer show it's terminal so if you win the state fair you're done but i i can maybe speak from margo's year we won a half dozen shows and it's just like you're always happy with how you're doing but you're like y'all darn it we want to win that next show so it's almost like you never really get to fully enjoy it until it's two or three years over in my personal opinion what what do you guys think yeah i think you're I think you're probably. I think you're right with Kelly. You know, she had won the state fair, and we took her back home. We put her back in the cooler, and we were gonna, we were gonna turn on to Kansas City. That was our plan. You know, we were gonna go home. We had taken stuff to Kansas City. We had showed a heifer there the year before. We had showed Sears there. We made the sale. Um, we had showed Sears in Louisville. We had showed heifers in Louisville, and so we we took Kelly to to Kansas City. We got beat. We were reserve commercial reserve AOB behind what many today would know as Rowdy. Um, we did weddings rowdy. Oh, yeah. Is rowdy so, the one that was pictured in the app? No, the one that was pictured in that is the one Solis ended up keeping. I I don't know where how rowdy came. Oh yes, I do. Rowdy came from Dan Solis, and if memory holds me right. Ah, I knew they were bred similar. Yeah, Rowdy's they're, a they're, man. She's a full. They're full six. Uh, rowdy, oh. I don't know if you mentioned it by name, but rowdy is the donor that's done a lot of good for the weddings in. Uh, Wisconsin, Darlington, Wisconsin. Did Weddick just win the breed, or did they win Supreme? Or were they not doing Supreme uh, in Kansas City at that point? Um, an Angus effort of Schnorr's from uh, Luke Doris and Jay Cunningham. Uh, I'm not sure who else has been on it, but she ended up winning Supreme. Weddick just won the commercials. Reserve at Kansas City. Ain't, there ain't nothing frowned about that, but you're at that level where the only place is first place, so you're probably just a little bit disappointed coming out of Kansas City. And uh, oh. you got that week or two lag leading up to Louisville, and just kind of tell me about your Louisville experience. So Louisville was Louisville is uh, it's a it's a great story. Um, so we I'll never forget we got to Louisville. We were probably the last people to show up from Louisville that year. We got there Friday morning, uh, mid morning. You know everyone else has been there for a few days, and we get our we get our calves in, and 
We had another heifer that we showed with Kelly. We had two heifers that year. Um, their names were Krista and Kelly. Um, if anybody knows the Cobra family, Krista is Pat's sister, and Kelly is Pat's mom. That's who, that's who we named our heifers after. Hey, show cattle history. Did not know that story. We get to Louisville that year. We're late, per usual. And <laughs> we get in there. Our heifers haven't been clipped since Kansas City. Um, pulled them straight out of the loft that morning. Isaiah, that prep sounds like my prep at some shows. We get our stall set up. We get in the barn. Sometime on Saturday, uh, Pat Cobert and John Jacobs, um, they showed up and they clipped Kelly and Krista for the for the show the next day. We showed her in the key show there in Louisville under Kevin Jensen. He was the junior show judge that year. And he used Kelly to win. And great. You know, that was awesome. Like, we were going to be in the Grand Drive in Louisville. We'd never been there before. Of course, we thought Kelly was good, but we didn't maybe think that everybody else always thought that. We get to the Grand Drive that night, and if any, if you ever go in our house, there's a, my parents have an office in the back of our house, and there's, there's four pictures that hang in that office, and they're all four of Kelly. Um, one when she got picked at the State Fair, one when she got picked at Louisville, and then her backdrop picture from both of those shows. Before, Long, long ago in 2009, standing in that picture in my parents' office is Wes Ritchie, Tim Schaefer, Pat Cober, John Jacobs, my brother, my little sister, and myself. And that was who got Kelly ready. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget getting Kelly ready. I'll never forget a lot of a lot about that day. But that was uh, before Tim had would take 30 or 40 to the show. And Tim helped us get her ready. And Pat and John, they had been helping us. And Wes Ritchie, he helped us because he had been helping us a little bit up until that point. It's cool to go back and look now and just see that picture hanging in the office and just know that, like, all the people that were that were willing to help yeah. us and to see just where they are now. Amazing run to win the Supreme All Breeds in Louisville. I don't know exactly how many years they've done it, but it's a very, very uh, unique brotherhood. I mean, like being in the Hall of Fame in terms of uh, just a small number of cattle have done it. To continue telling Kelly's story to completion, I mean, she not only was a great show heifer, but my boy Jonathan Barrett also said she, in his humble opinion, as great as she was as a show heifer, he personally ranked her higher as in terms of her donor quality. What do you guys say about that? He's probably, he's probably spot on. After she won Louisville that night, I were, had walked back up out of, the, out of Freedom Hall, and we were walking back around um, the outside of Freedom Hall to go back to the barn, and... I'll never forget one of those side doors from the outside popped open and in walked Nick Ryman. And he was like, oh, we missed it. And he's like, how'd you do? And I was like, uh, we won. I didn't know what to say. Like, we won. I mean, that was kind of it. And he's like, really? That's awesome. The next morning, we were sitting at breakfast. The Vicklin family had won the year show with one from Todd. And Cropa was reserved with one from Nick. And we were sitting down there eating breakfast, and I, my dad and I didn't know. My, my, I think my brother was there at the time. He might have gone back home, but I think he was there. We didn't know Greg Cropa. We were sitting there eating breakfast, and the banner was drooped over the chair. And he comes up, and he's like, so you've got my heifer? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, well, you won the heifer show last night, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well... We were continuing bidding on that. Nick Ryman was continuing bidding on the heifer for us in Sullivan's pasture. And I was like, oh, that's, I mean, that's pretty cool. Again, I don't know who this guy is. I've never seen him in my life before. And, uh, so he introduced himself and we 
carried on for a little bit, and then it wasn't. But a couple years after that, um, I was in Fort Worth, and Kelly was was just really starting to take off. I mean, she had had a handful of calves, and they were they were off to some great success. And um, Nick Ryman asked me, he's like, "Do you think you guys would sell me Kelly?" I just said, "No, like not happening." And uh, he's like, well, what about half of her? And I was like, I don't know, I'll ask Dad. So I got home and I said something to Dad. And he was like, I don't know. He's like, I'll think about it and I'll pray about it. I know he and my mom spent a lot of time discussing that, a lot of time in prayer, talking about it, praying about it, what was the right thing to do, what wasn't the right thing to do. After a lot of discussion and a lot of phone calls, they all came to the agreements on what we would do and how it would all work out. We sold half of Kelly to Nick and the Ryman Ranch. We hauled her out there. That was part of Nick's deal. He he really wanted her to live at, at Steve Yackley's. Again, we didn't know anything. We didn't know who Steve Yackley was. And I'll never forget, I had driven Kelly out there. We loaded her up on Nick's trailer the next day. We went to Steve Yackley's, and he said, well, if she's going to live here, you have to see the place, too. So we drove out there. And I don't know if anybody in this conversation, I know my dad has it, but if you've never been to Steve Yackley's, it's worth going to check it out. And it's worth listening to what he says. And uh, he's a very, very smart man, in my opinion. Pretty cool to see, you know, just the contemporaries that Kelly would be spending her time with, where she'd be living at, and how she'd be treated. I'll never forget calling Dad and telling him that as much as I wanted Kelly to live in Indiana, I thought Kelly was in the best possible place she could be. So that was really, that was a pretty cool pretty cool experience um 98% of the time I would I would prod you to try to get a number out of you on how much you got I'm not going to do that tonight but just give me your broad view uh like just looking back on it now so many years later just getting Nick Ryman involved how do you think that uh projected her arc of her career I mean uh, I'm sure that y'all have contacts and I'm sure that Nick has contacts, but just do you feel like she got popular faster or I don't even know what the answer to this question could be. So I'll just leave it open ended. How do you think getting the Ryman Ranch involved uh changed the the arc of her career, if any? Or just tell me tell me about the partnership a little bit. I think Kelly was already Kelly when Nick got involved. But what I can say for us as a family was Nick made it easy to un- made it easy for us to understand how everything was working. Willing to work with us and help us and like he he wanted to be our partner and he wanted to help us along and understand how it all worked. Because at the time we were just really selling we didn't we didn't have recent cows, we didn't have pasture. When we had Kelly, like when Kelly had her first cat, she lived in my parents' house in a in a show run. Like she didn't have a pasture to go live in. That's where she lived. The way that my mom and dad generated revenue back out of her was they sold embryos and they sold flushes because we didn't have any other means to um, to raise them. And I would attribute a lot of um, Kelly's success to Brian Godemiller. There was a gentleman from northeast Indiana. Schaefer. Yes. Schaefer and yes. Jack Alford. Yep, yep, you're right. They had bought two flushes on Kelly and they did one to steal horse and they did one to Monopoly. Well, the flush and monopoly is what put Kelly on the map. It's who it created Goose Nikki to be the mother to your I am earbull, which would be the mother to get you some. It created 
made to order. Made to order. Two more Monopoly steers that were TH carriers that Brian got and cut. One was Did Egbert get reserved at Ohio State Fair? Yeah. Yep. And the other one um, got sold to Oklahoma, and he was reserved key at Tulsa State Fair for Jake Paul Perry. I would attribute a lot of what made Kelly so potent as a donor cow and not just a show effort was Brian Goldemiller having those those four calves in particular. Hey, that's cool. That's cool that uh, that that branding or that you know that success was a result of the flushes that y'all sold before uh, Nick got involved. Is that, would that be right? Would that yeah. be an accurate characterization? Yeah, yeah because cool. because actually the. Nikki, the donor cow, is what is what Nick told us is what made him want to buy her so bad was when he saw Nikki, the donor cow, as a cow. Yeah, maybe just that that heifer being out of Monopoly. This is just my humble opinion, but that heifer being out of Monopoly probably was just a pinch more terminal in her design. Just an awesome show steer mom, but I'm talking about for the show ring only. She probably didn't have that extra extension at those world levels. In my mind's eye, I've seen that Nikki cow's probably truly a better cow than a show heifer because she just had a little bit too much club into her to get that extra length and extension like old Kelly had there in Louisville that year. Silly for me to interject because you guys were there and you probably know it way better than I would, but that, that, that series of calves that Schaefer and Alford, and I think there was a third partner raised in Northeast Indiana, Northeast Indiana yep. truly, truly was like like a, a bomb going off in terms of Kelly's uh cow reputation, if you will. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, to bring us to date on this cow, where is she currently? Is she still alive? Uh, yeah, she's still alive. She's um, she's at Ryman's. Um, we, after after Nick passed away, um, we offered um, our hat for sale. And uh, a gentleman by the name of Clint Hurst from Texas, uh, down by Brian Martin, he bought her. So he's in partnership with the Ryman's now. And Actually, I just talked to Barry the other day, and, and Kelly is still alive. Um, cool. I know they've cloned her, and uh, so yeah, it's awesome to see her her continue on. Jonas, go ahead and jump in here and give uh, your story about your pal Molly. Well, I guess my one and only Kelly story would be Rachel would have been Kelly's first calf, right? Correct. Yes. I'll never forget Molly, my best friend growing up. Has What's your last name? Fun from Ohio. She had bought a heifer from my family that year that had done a little bit of winning. Uh, Molly's ultimate goal was to win state fair before she was aged out. And I remember we were get working on um, that heifer that day in the cooler, and Isaiah must have sent a picture to my cousin, and it would have been, what, a northern improvement? Uh, her yes, first calf, she'd done top five a few times that year and um, ended up winning the keys at state fair and got left in in the final drive. But afterwards, uh, Molly kind of got out of the cattle business and sold some of her cows this year. And uh, you guys got her back now, don't you? The first calf that Kelly had. Yep. Rachel's back in, Rachel's back in Covington. She would actually be, she would have been born in 2010. So she's actually just, she's a little over 12. And, Jonah, uh, your location yeah. is uh, near near Gallifolis, correct, or uh, Athens area, correct, in Southeast yeah. Ohio? Yep. Cool. So uh, after we uh, now finished up with um, the Kelly story, and it was an awesome one, uh, Isaiah, just briefly tell me about the Wayne Town Ag Center. Uh, you guys are doing a darn good job, and then also anything else you got going on with your show cattle business as well. So you take the lead, and yeah. I'll follow. Absolutely. Before you get into any of that, I think there's about a handful of people that need to 
they like need recognition in the whole like Kelly thing and just getting into where it was and um three of those guys would be Todd Pablo, Brandon Jones and Grant Lodging and Double Gun. Uh if it weren't for those guys they uh there never would have been a fire within within me to uh to go farther. Um they just showed me the ropes from a young age and took it from there. Um two more would be Jason Sheen and Farmer. Uh they were somebody close by that we could always go and help and learn from. Learned a lot there. And as we talked about, you know, Pat Cover and Adam Pryor, uh those guys were, were awesome. You know, they just were there, had our back and were always there for us. So just a few people that, you know, we don't ever want to forget about and don't ever want to forget like helping us get to that point. And of course, you know, Nick and, and what he did and being our partner and you know, we talked about goat and getting Kelly off on on her right foot was just those people are just you just can't forget you just can't not thank them. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh everybody's got their list of people that got them rolling and shows your character that uh you didn't want to let that story go too far without uh, giving those shout-outs. So, yeah. So how many years have you uh, had this uh, new Wayne Town Ag Center? Five, five years, though, this past December. I'm sure that your local customers would know, but just for me personally or uh, more broadly, the nationwide audience or people that might be close to you that don't know about you yet, uh, what, are you, what sort of services do you offer? What sort of products do you carry? And just how do they contact you? We just we have a full... We have a full elevator and a full mill. Um, we do all sorts of, you know, basically if, if you want it, we're going to try to put it together for you if it's something that we make. Um, and we deal with a listening array of um, different brands and varieties. From, you know, we have a great working relationship with the Umbarger crew, Kent Bennington and Jackson Umbarger and all of their staff. Um, show Rep Seeds, deal with Kelly Street Matter all the time. Um, Purina, uh, Vita Plus, Jimmy Thompson, um, you know, pretty much anything that you could think of. Uh, Sun Glow with Joe Staggs down at Grand Grain in Terre Haute, uh, ADM and Mormons through Clay Pruitt around Danville. We do, we have a great working relationships and with all those guys and availability to get all those products and anything basically that you would want from them and then on the probably fourth there on the front of everything in front of all that is we have a, a pretty big elevator that goes with it and we buy and sell corn and soybeans and market them. So that keeps us real busy the rest of the time. So you had mentioned earlier in the podcast that your papa was a welder at one point and you were just a prodigy in terms of your show cattle and whatnot, but like how do y'all get to this place from being your dad being a welder at one point? I mean, what? how did you get here? Or how did you decide this is the route we want to go? Or how did you, when did the, how did the elevator come about for sale? Or I just give me a little background on the story. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and I guess it's just, you can't really say anything without just saying how it's a, it's a God thing. And it's all a timing thing. Um, my dad was a welder for, uh, just over 25 years, had his own business, um, welded all over the, the Midwest region. His main focus was propane and hydrous, um, pressurized vessels. So he worked on um, nurse tanks, transports, all that type of stuff. And uh, Ohio, Kentucky, 
Michigan, Illinois, all over. He Indiana, he traveled everywhere. And uh uh probably six, seven years ago, um actually back up twenty plus years ago, Farrow Kaderi, um some may have heard of it, some may not, wanted to move to the or it was moving to the Midwest. And uh they were about an hour and fifteen, hour and twenty minutes north of us up around the Rensselaer area. And uh they were moving in and they needed a welder and uh they needed lots of welders actually. And my dad um had done nurse tank work for a guy up there and that guy his first call was my dad. So my dad was one of, if not the first subcontractor ever hired at Fair Oaks. Um and he did everything for him for a couple of years and built two other farms, helped build two other farms, and uh, then was still continuing in the nurse tank propane and hydrous businesses. And uh, towards that was starting to slow down, and he was staying pretty much spending all of his time around the dairy and keeping up with maintenance and taking care of things there. And uh, I had graduated high school and uh, college just wasn't for me. And I went straight to work for my dad and uh, working alongside of him. Um, my dad had a heart attack and oh, shit. I was with him when it, I was with him when it happened and I remember him telling my mom that he got home and told my mom he just didn't feel very well. Just was not feeling the best and I'll never forget uh she called me the next day and said hey she goes you're I don't know how you're gonna do this but you need to uh you need to meet me at a certain location at such and such time and I said all right she goes but don't tell your dad because I'm taking him to the doctor and I was like well okay and so we we met up I told dad like hey we gotta go I gotta go we leave a job, we meet up with my mom and he's like or with mom and he's like, What's going on? And I was like, I don't know, you gotta go with mom, I'm going home. And long story short, he was um not in very good shape. He was not he thought he was okay, but he really wasn't. And uh so after that, lots of prayers, lots of discussions between he and my mom, they uh decided that it was time to start thinking about possibly doing something else. And uh, so they... Hmm. So through that, uh... um, our Ella, the, the place where we bought all of our 4-H feed um, came for sale, and the owner, um, the previous owners contacted my parents um, about possibly buying that and doing that and it went from there cool that's awesome i mean thank you for sharing that personal story i mean that 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 is amazing i I had never heard that and uh i'm glad that your papa is in good health now and uh, uh okay do you have a uh a website or is it just best to follow the facebook or also a contact number if people need to order supply in the uh I mean, I'm sure you service a wide range, but uh, what? 
do you service a hundred mile circle, a twenty mile circle? I mean, how how far away from Covington do you guys go? Um, my my dad likes to say that uh, that there's no limits and that uh, he's willing to try to go to whatever whatever um, stretch he has to go to 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 take care of customers. And and I must say, and go back to it's a it's a really small world and it's a really small community because. We started showing Sears for Todd Caldwell and Brandon Jones 20 years ago, and uh, now it's pretty cool that uh, Todd tells customers all over the country to, hey, you know, get a hold of Isaiah. He's got something that there at the feed store that uh, that he can send you. And I mean, we've sent, we've sent, we've been able to send oh. them all over the country, and it's it's just awesome that you know you build those connections and been able to use them, you know, this much down the road this far later. So, yeah, I, I, I would say there there is no limit. We send stuff uh, as far as we can, and, you know, it's, there is no website. It's it's pretty small. I mean, it's just a small little elevator that we that we try to make fee out of. We try to make a really, really high-quality product, and, uh, you know, that's that's the best we can do. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so there is, a, there is a Facebook page, though, correct? Waynetown Ag Center? Oh, yeah. There is a Facebook, and then, yeah, there is a Facebook page. And then uh, the contact number for show is your cell phone number. So give your number okay. in case anybody wants to call or text with an order. All right. My number is 765-585-9478. And my dad give your papa's is, number. All right. Yeah. Okay. Ray, Ray, my dad's Ray Bridwell, and his number is 765-918-2383. All right. Well, thank you for joining me tonight to tell the story of Kelly and then the uh, the background of uh, Wayne Town Ag Center. And uh, can't wait to get this posted up tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, keep me in mind this fall whenever you uh, make your yearly cap trip. Uh, my wife's got some really nice home-raised gals. She's really building up that donor battery. I have a steer for or steer a couple of steers for you to take a look at it, okay? Will do, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a very good evening.